When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's another loaded pod. We are recapping all the behind the scenes from last week's PPA Desert Bridge. And we're answering the best single piece of advice we've ever received from another top pickleball pro. And who is the rocket in pickleball that is rocketing away with millions of dollars of investors' money? Yikes. And what exactly did Pat Smith tweet that got him banned from the PPA Desert Ridge? Lastly, which one of our top players to watch predictions crushed it last week? Duh, we're finishing with a Dear Jilly B to help you finally calm those tournament nerves. Kristen, it's pod 34. We're ready to roar. And it's not going to be a bore. Let's go. This Pickleball Life. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite comedy podcast disguised as a pickleball podcast with me, K-Dubs, a.k.a. Kristen Walla, a.k.a. This One's Other Half and co-host of This Pickleball Life. Yo, what up? It's your girl, Jilly B, a.k.a. Jill Braverman, pro pickleballer, former tech CEO and startup founder, and most importantly, co-host of TPL, This Pickleball Life. Kristen, it's pod 34. Awesome. Let's get into In Case You Missed It. Uh, In Case You Missed It? Wait, before you missed it, in case you didn't notice, I have truncated our theme song. And I have a proposition for all of you because we have had a couple of comments, both directions, and I don't want anyone feeling like they are being left out. So here is my proposition. If 100 comments write in with their favorite lyric to our original theme song, for example, she's sweet to me, but on the court, she's a killer. I will bring back the full theme song. On the other hand, if you are super happy to see it go, you can comment, white girls can't rap. And I will not bring back the original theme song, but I will rewrite a new theme song. Proving that white girls can rap? (laughs) We're going to find out. Can the new theme song, can I have a line? Yeah, you had all the lines in the first one too. No, but like I want to like... I oh, wanna, like a Jilly B on I, the mic. On the mic. Like, can I go yeah. on the mic? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what the people really want is like oh. a tag team uh, song. And that's when you we can be lost my, like, all of our listeners. Man. You know how like at the end of the phrase, it's like, she's sweet to me, but on the court, she's a killer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, we will. We will leave it up to you. 100 comments. I hope that um, we film a new one. <clears throat> that sounds fun. Not only that, but we will be sending a tumbler to two lucky winners with our signature line pickleball is joy and our tpl logo on the side if they comment 
to anyone who comments regarding the theme What if song. they say white girls can't rap? I, hate I you guys. I will still make them eligible for the Tumblr. Right. I like it. I like it. All right. In case you missed it, we were right. Our top pros that we talked about in the last pod, our top pros to watch, they kind of slayed it at the PPA Desert Ridge last week. Uh, duh. Augie. Gah. Gah. <laughs> Fun fact. That's how you pronounce the last name G-E. Gah. Like duh. So sorry, Augie, that we were putting you in the category of ghee butter last week. We know better now. Yeah. Whereas I like to point out, if you say G, you're not technically wrong because it's the first letter of his last name, like Jilly B. Fair, fair. Um, Speaking of, your girl, Jilly B, didn't do too bad either last week. Hashtag qualifying queen over That's here right. maybe just change my instagram handle yeah no more qualifying warrior queen. it's qualifying queen and yeah thanks there you to go. your other royal the tweener king <laughs> you also left the bruise queen <laughs> which we'll talk about later <laughs> um in case you missed it my former mlp partner benny bombs aka ben newell he was spotted at Phoenix Desert Ridge playing with Jay Davillier. Kristen, why was that? Yeah, last minute sub for if you haven't noticed, Jay Davillier has reunited with his old best bud. That's right. One sleever, Pat Smith, in solidarity, was removed from the field last minute because he said some, I guess unsavory things towards the PPA, a.k.a. the truth, and which we talked about on the pod, uh, which was that there were no bronze matches. And he wrote to explain that nobody withdrew and that they were told that they uh, couldn't play this on Saturday. This is about the PPA Masters. So Pat yeah, Smith yep. tweeted something, yeah, right? So his exact uh, words were... Uh, just an update, no one withdrew the men's bronze medal match. Not happening, had nothing to do with any of us players. We wanted to play and asked to play at the original start time of 10 a.m., but they wanted to be streamed and move the start time to 11. So so he was banned from the next event last minute for tweeting that? Yes, and... Huh. Uh, our good friend Megan over at Today in Pickleball made the juxtaposition of an interesting uh, non-ban when Tyson tweeted that the serve rule needs to go, the Vulcan ball needs to go. Mind you, there's a three-year, $10 million contract with Vulcan, so I don't think that's going anywhere. And he likes the progression draw. But uh, it's, he was... Uh, it's funny. I find myself agreeing less and less with most of what Tyson is saying. <laughs> Interesting, right? Right. (laughs) But but back to Pat Smith. Will you be keeping one sleeve up for how long in solidarity with Pat Smith? (laughs) Secret one sleeve underneath my big sleeve. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, If you want to follow Pat Smith, he did a smart thing in a world where his name is Pat Smith which is only second to John Smith in <laughs> similarities. So his his last name, he is truncated to SMI. Pat's me. Interesting. Yeah, if you're looking for him on Facebook, look for Pat's me. In case you missed it, Big Papa Jimmy, James Ignatowicz with one of the most incredible shots I have ever seen in pickleball. One of those shots you can't even like cook up in your imagination that just happens so organically he made sports center top 10 did he make 
Number one. Number one? Number one, yeah. Amazing. Congrats to Big Papa Jimmy. I mean, if you look at the history of the SportsCenter top 10 clips that have included pickleball, almost all of them are ATPs, which is just to say, like, pickleball is just a running highlight show. In the comments, I think... It was Thomas who hit the cross-court dink that produced that. So he really gets credit. And so he's like, good thing I've been practicing those cross-court violent dinks. (laughs) Well, not enough for the wingspan of Big Papa Jimmy. So basically he ran it down. The ball was like in front of him running backwards. And so he hit kind of a backwards, uh, like, what do you even call that? Like a... He hit with the bottom side of his... Flip paddle face. A paddle flipper. I guess we're just going to have to call it the Big Papa Jimmy. (laughs) Uh, in case you missed it, the pickleball slam took place this week. So I guess John McEnroe hates pickleball enough that he can't get away from it. <laughs> but thanks to the ringers they brought in, Jack Sock took the victory. They gave away these uh, like signed uh, hard rock guitars. And clearly they were like, shoot, we added a third person. Someone grab a guitar off the shelf because his did not match theirs at all. But uh, but good to see. I think uh, viewership was good. Uh, not quite as good as the first, but uh, proving that people are interested. A few of our friends even went in person. In case you missed it, Pickleball Rocks, a business founded by someone dubbed the dubbed as an ultimate pickleball ambassador, Rodney Rocket Grubbs, is accused of leveraging his trust in his local pickleball community to persuade investors to inject funds into his apparel and equipment venture. Pickleball rocks. So Pickleball Union reports, while the Yikes. total number of investors affected is unknown, one person involved in the scheme told the Indie Star she estimated 120 people from across the US and Canada and Portugal had handed over several millions of dollars to Grubbs in exchange for promissory notes. Butler invested 90000 in Grubbs Pickleball Enterprise and represents a cohort of Florida residents enticed by the prospect of a 12% return over 18 months. Uh, I am here to warn you, listeners and viewers, anyone advertising a 12% return over 18 months, yeah, probably want to double check that. Always troublesome to invest also with friends. And I think what makes pickleball so interesting right now is it's this once in a generation opportunity. And a lot of people are trying to get a seat on the business rocket ship that it does present. And when I met the absolute brilliant Baram Akradi, the CEO and uh, founder of Lifetime, someone who believes in pickleball so much he's been willing to put his money where his mouth is and invest over $500 million in the creation of courts across uh, the country at his facilities. When he explained pickleball to me, he said, Jill, most often in business, you throw the ball and you've got to throw the ball to yourself. You've got to throw it run and catch it Mm -hmm. in pickleball you just open your arms and the ball (laughs) is being thrown to you fire hose you don't even have to create the opportunity it's the fire hose right and i thought that was a really interesting way most of the time you got to throw it to yourself you've got to create the opportunity just open up your arms and catch it yeah and so i think i think a lot of people feel that inherently and intrinsically and want to be able to put their dollars into these opportunities that seem so attractive, but don't forget, um, can be very dangerous too. Yeah. I mean, I think in investing, it's always best to consider it to be slightly closer to gambling than sure. to uh, any kind of guarantee. And if you invest an amount of money that you are prepared to lose, you often gain more than you expected. But if you invest an amount of money that will 
destroy your financial security, probably don't do it. Not a good idea. Um, I mean, it's it's a catch twenty two. You read all these, you know. Well, pickleball is still and, really speculative. You know, all Nike, of pickleball, pro pickleball, is still speculative. Totally, but you read so many of these, you know, histories of businesses that have been huge successes, and they had hugely vulnerable moments in their life and you're like okay that's normal the way people are like well michael jordan was cut from his high school basketball team and so i should keep failing for 12 years as an adult trying to pursue a career in pro sports but uh sometimes the truth is just too obvious to ignore but uh god bless anyone out there trying to invest in pickleball keep it coming and hopefully this is more of a unique outlier than anything but anyone's rocket in their middle name can't be trusted. In case you missed it, we have now been unveiled a future sports league that is calling itself the Enhanced Games. Yes, enhanced as in steroids and uh, steroids encouraged. What? And it's basically an answer to the Olympics, which some <laughs> Silicon Valley, uh, speaking of investors, uh, including Peter Thiel, think uh have kind of over swung the pendulum towards testing and they want to support the science of making the human body biohacking yeah it's ultimate beast and so yeah the enhanced games will be a limited number of sports not including pickleball but let's be honest there's no steroid testing in pickleball so, it's so track right now and pickleball field. is the enhanced game so it's track and field swimming yeah that's funny weightlifting gymnastics and combat sports yeah so I guess that's like MMA. The enhanced games? Yeah. Cool. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm very intrigued. Will they publish a list of like the drugs or the supplements that are allowed or anything's allowed? I think kind of anything's allowed. So it's pickleball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we, pickleball doesn't need to be a part of the enhanced games because it, it already, it already is. is. Exactly. You're getting the best of the best science can offer. So cities wouldn't have to bid to have the games because it's going to be smaller. And the cost yeah. would maybe be like $50 million to run these events instead of $100 billion? Is that how much it costs That's to run the Olympics? Yep. That's how big it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. You're, you know, we have winter and summer Olympics split up, but I almost wonder if they should split the Olympics even farther and just have some Olympic sports every year. And every four years, your sport comes back. And that way, they wouldn't have to have like these massive, massive events. But obviously, that's wow. what they're going for. So who am I to say? But uh, yeah, be on the lookout for the enhanced games. So catching up personally, Chris and I have made some life changes in that's right. the past week and a half since our last pod. So me being unafraid to change, I always embrace new and fun ideas and have realized in my adult life that is not very common. <laughs> you are such a weirdo. I am. Who likes change? <laughs> I don't know, but I guess you like people who like change. <laughs> I'm getting dumped. <laughs> um, so we are trying to learn how to meditate. Uh, I've been into this, you know, nootropic and biohacking kind of sphere and all roads appear to be leading towards meditation. So our good friend, Ben, you hear us talk about Ben all the time. What's up, Ben? Uh, ben and Emily pushed us to start this podcast. And he recommended this Gaia series by Dr. Joe Dispenza called Rewired. And on episode one last night, because he was like, yeah, watch it before bed. So it's like 830 at night. 
we turn it on, you know, it's the super dreamy Joe Dispenza character mm. who like, is he 40? Is he 50? Change is he 60? Is he 70? You know, he's one of these guys that are trying to live to be 150 and he kind of has mm. that like immortal look about him. And so he's talking about like, you know, mind control, changing your mind. You know, it's not, it's not um, cause and effect. It's causing an effect, you know, all these really cerebral things. And yeah, four minutes later, we were dead asleep. So I don't know if that's that's meditation, but I, I, hey, if you if you need help sleeping, turn on Rewired by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Totally. And I mean, obviously, a lot of you out there are going to be like, yeah, Joe Dispenza, duh. Everyone knows Joe Dispenza. Uh, but the other thing that I think has kind of kept me from really embracing meditation in my life is I feel like the people I know who are like, oh my God, meditation, it saved me. I love meditating. I need meditating. Are people who live... A life of stress and well my issue with like you issues yeah. i like, don't have any issues my issue with you is like you're already enlightened you came out enlightened exactly yeah so no. like when you and meditate it sounds egotistical but i actually think that maybe i have like eight past lives and i like already learned a lot of the so lessons annoyed with of you. my 20s i want to come times. back as you like how <laughs> where do i sign up for that like carefree like it well, is what honest, it is if you were me you wouldn't be dating me <laughs> something awful happens and kristen's like this too shall pass jill <laughs> everything's okay and i know like, i'm the what? worst at like that rat beep bleep beep you're so right they're so wrong let's get them I can't believe they said that. I'm sitting there going, well, if you think about their perspective, you could understand oh why they God. might be a little frustrated the by the way you said something. He's like, why aren't you on my side? <laughs> uh, All right. So maybe I'm trying to learn to meditate. And I'm and supporting your meditation <laughs> career. Uh, the other kind of interesting, I don't know, life changes. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we're kind of these people that I don't want to say every night, but yeah, a lot of nights I'll have a beer or I'll have two beers. And yeah, we've done that, I don't know, since Silicon Valley. And we're not the people who are like, oh, it's Friday night, we're gonna binge. And then the other six nights a week, we're really good. That's not our style. But I was just thinking, I wanna treat this year like I'm like pregnant. You know, a lot of people don't drink for a year. I'm playing pro pickleball. So I'm just like going 100% off the sauce. Addiction super runs in my family. I don't feel addicted to alcohol, but you don't feel that now. Or are you gonna feel that in 10 years, 20 years? And yeah. I think that book we're listening to talks about, yeah, if you're drinking alcohol and you're drinking it regularly, you're like this bee that flies into the flower and there's this really juicy, succulent, silky um, uh, nectar. nectar. And so you're at the top of the flower. You don't realize you're sliding down slowly into the heart of the flower where you're going to die and there's all the corpses of the bees not to be and too macabre. in fact, macabre. the nectar you're drinking is the corpses of the other bees. Oh, I forgot about that. Kristen, yeah. you're dark. Hey, I didn't write it. I just oh, remembered man. it. And so this this book by Annie Grace called The Naked Mind is really talking about, you know, if you drink and you drink semi-regularly, you, you are in some part of that nectar funnel, like guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. And more than just like, oh, drink, don't drink, alcoholism, you know, take it seriously. To me, I think it's really evident of looking critically at all of your thoughts yeah. and taking stock of like, why do I have this thought? I jokingly was uh, like laughing when we got to a part and I was like, you know, <laughs> I honestly do think I could drink non-alcoholic beer. Like, I like the taste of beer. And then the <laughs> next chapter in the book was like lies we tell ourselves. For example, I like the taste. 
<laughs> they're like, think about it. Your first drink ever. You were like gross. And then you learned to like it because you thought you wanted to be cool. <laughs> oh my God. That was so funny. So yeah, pickleball so we'll pregnant out. and off the sauce. We'll let you know how that's, uh, that's going. Yeah. I'm excited to see the effects. Introducing the infinite solar backpack from Ruck. Power up your adventures on the pickleball court or anywhere with sustained energy. Charge on the go with the built-in solar panel. Keep meals cold in the insulated meal compartment and store dirty clothing in the water-resistant laundry area. Stay connected and never miss a moment. Get yours now at ruckpack.com. Okay, we're going to move on to a merger update between PPA and MLP. We are hearing March for the closing. So to those of you who said Valentine's Day. Yes, that was the seemingly theme song, uh, theme of the guesses. A lot of people think there's going to be some MLP PPA love in the air on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and I don't know if they were doing that to be funny, but I was like, oh, February 14th That's again. Really funny. I love our listeners. So we are hearing March for closing. And you guys, if this is the case, there will be a mandatory $15 fee to listen to the podcast. Otherwise, we are not making our mortgage payment. <laughs> kidding. We're kidding. Are we kidding? <laughs> we're here to announce Patreon is now open. <clears throat> um, okay. At. In all seriousness, uh, there are, <clears throat> you know, three seemingly major impediments to closing the merger right now. So number one is the outstanding player contracts. Those players like myself and many others who have not signed these new co-deals. And remember, from early on in this process, MLP kept saying, we've got everyone we want. 90% of these deals are done. And we kept saying, that's not true. That's not true. Let's look at the data. Let's look at the numbers. And so obviously they don't have the majority of these player contracts done. They still, uh, you know, it, it seems like Dundon at the last minute has said, I don't want to close now unless we can get these contracts assigned over. So I think on another podcast, um, it was like, yeah, Jilly B is going to be, you know, the last holdout. You know, I think that's not that that's true and not true. Remember, I'm not anti-merger. I'm not anti-people signing new co-agreements. I'm pro fair deals for players. Totally, totally. <laughs> so make fair and reasonable offers to the players. Um, so that's number one as an impediment. Number two is duper. So remember pickleball brackets, pickleball tournaments, all owned by Dundon under his um, pickleball.com umbrella, they have a ton of data. They have a ton of match data. And your rating is only as good as the data that goes into it. So in their eyes, he's like, hey, I'll start my own rating. I want to start my own rating. I already got the place to be for events and, and matches. I'm going to start my own rating. And that is, from what I understand, a violation of the original terms of the merger. And that being the original, original 2022 merger? The or new remerger. The new remerger from, from August. Alan Jason. Yeah. Era. So I think there's also probably subconsciously a lot of like Tom versus Steve. You know, Steve left with Duper, right? Duper spun out, and Steve is still a major investor in Duper, even though the new board came in and the new investors came in with David Cass and Andre Agassi. So I think there's a lot of like, screw you, Steve, probably in that. From Dundon, and then but at, at the mm -hmm. reality, it's screw you. At least ten to twenty owners, yeah, who are all investors in Duper team. still. So they mm -hmm. want the Duper to succeed too. Yeah, so I think um, 
Uh, number three is Dundon wants this letter of indemnification for all the team owners, basically to hold him harmless from anything he has done or will do in the future. So he's obviously learned a lot from the debacle and the bankruptcy of the, uh, I always butcher this name, but his American Football League. I think it was like the Alliance of the American Football League, if memory serves me correctly. Um, so I think he's going to have a lot of trouble getting that done unless he then does the same yeah. and holds harmless um, all yeah. the team owners who try to subvert the merger, hold harmless the players um, and anyone else. So unless there's this mutual indemnification, I don't know how that's going to get done. So to me, it feels like all three of those on their own are deal breakers, like are big, big, big points to overcome. And you've got three of them. Yeah. So then it just comes down to the debate of like, who's more likely to capitulate? Is Dundon going to be like, okay, 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 I'll give you what you want. Or MLP owners going to be like, well, we're nothing without you. So well, every day the merger doesn't close. It's just leverage lost by MLP. I mean, one of those entities, PPA slash or, or MLP, continues to get stronger every day, and the other continues, in my opinion, to get weaker. Just by virtue of the fact that PPA is playing events, showing events on TV. He's operating Players their business, operating and MLP's canceling the draft, canceling this, like delaying this. It's like which begs the question: you just lose leverage. Is there a world where MLP's like okay? Just like last year, we're going to run events without this merger being done. But then it's like, oh, well, are Ben well, and I said, playing? I said from the beginning, so it, was, weird it was catch wild that we as MLP players are even allowed to be playing PPA events right now. So it's been publicly reported multiple times that um, you have to ask permission, right? Because you've got PPA players with PPA contracts, MLP players with active MLP contracts. Those are exclusive. Everyone knows that. So if an MLP player wants to play a PPA event or an APP event or the Indian Open or XYZ, they have to ask permission. So why would MLP allow their assets to go play these PPA events, strengthen and bolster these events while the merger is not closed, I think is 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 interesting. I think it's the wrong move. I think it's it's strange. I don't understand it. And look at the PPA events. Look who's in the semifinals, the finals. It's a lot of MLP players, right, signed right. MLP players. Yeah, and so, I mean, notably the you know the Johnson Five have right. they're done stained. They're done now from this last uh, Mesa or uh, mm-hmm. Scottsdale Desert Ridge event, and they're not going to play Mesa. So, so I think I if your only leverage are these exciting, amazing players. And, and you're, you're giving that away, event. and you're giving mm-hmm. that away, it emboldens Dundon at the last second to make up all these new abstract terms to ask for these arbitrary terms at the last minute because he's feeling like he's got all the leverage. And yeah. you've given up your only leverage. Again, these are just my opinions. And it's it's no like knock on MLP. I'm not trying to disparage MLP. I'm just saying like No, and it's, I think it's a my lot opinion. of people have probably shared that opinion. Right. Um, and it's not a the most crazy thing to wonder, like, oh, why aren't they just telling everyone who signed an MLP contract not to play? So uh, you got to think that it must have something to do with wanting not to further anger players, because um, otherwise, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, make players who have nothing to play. So you're probably right. That probably is the reason. Um, so, yeah, in this uh, seemingly unsurmountable hill they have to to climb the merger our theme of the day today is progress and only progress it's the theme of the day 
which is to say that sometimes you face a task that seems so difficult you don't even know how to start mm. and you have to remind yourself that every step along the way is progress mm. and it's really hard sometimes to see the small changes the small switches we make the first night you don't drink a beer you're yeah. like i don't know did i sleep better maybe uh, but as you keep making progress well you look back and you see wow look how far i've come i feel bad for all the listeners who are like can we go back to the comedy podcast this is getting self-helpy <laughs> <laughs> let's hope that most of our listeners are into the self-help part we hope so i will say and i keep going back to this our recovery tips uh, podcasts were one of our earliest and most popular pods. Okay, all right. So speak to the masses. Hey, there's a reason that the self-help industry is a big one. We yeah. should do those by the numbers. Oh man, we should actually. Um, uh, you want to talk about I desert? do have to say real quick that yeah. our friends that we always talk about, Ben and Emily, were so early adopters of Tony Robbins that they went to an Anthony Robbins conference. That's how early they were on that bandwagon. Why does that make me laugh so much? I think it's hilarious. The one before that was Antonio Robbins. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so right. Desert Ridge. Yeah, let's talk about Desert Ridge. What a trip. Nice to, uh, to be able to drive from home nice to have my family in town team malibu oh yeah i was gonna wear the malibu shirt i couldn't find it i found these uh malibu sweatshirts at ross uh before the event uh and i thought it'd be hilarious for my parents and i to wear them because jill was playing with fellow pepperdine Alum. pepperdine is in malibu christine maddox so we were team malibu yeah that was super cute um so Desert Ridge finish uh, tied for ninth in both women's and mixed. Let's go. Feeling so strong. Like this is such a great start of the year. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like Christine and I are going to end up on a podium. Maybe a few. Seriously. Yeah. Took Kelly and, and Lucy to three games. Epic battle. Let's let's talk actually mixed first. So okay. <clears throat> May played singles and I was watching on Thursday because we got there on Thursday. And I'm like, oh my God, we just really should never play together again. He's limping on the court. He's pulled a muscle. If he hasn't pulled a muscle, I've pulled a muscle. Like we are the worst two to ever put together as Alex Hunt from Hype Nation uh, said. No, all, all joking aside, obviously, um, Jaume, love playing with him. But yeah, he was limping in the semifinals against Jay Devilliers in singles. And so uh, fast forward to the next morning and we go out to play in qualifying qualifying queen somehow qualifying again which we'll talk about later and the first two points go by and I'm like oh my god he like wasn't there on my left foot to take the middle ball like he can't, he like literally cannot move and he looks at me and goes Jill I think you should play left go play left I can't turn to my left you go play left and I'm like well I love playing left right but I didn't like but warm up on the, I didn't even like, like hit a single cross court. Yeah, my brain's right. wired for right. And I'm like, oh my God. So I play left and then he's like, it warms up a little bit and he switches back halfway through. And I, I don't know, we win that like 15-4. So I, I don't remember because it was a uh, games to 15 because of a rain delay from the night before. So then we go to our second game. And right before that, I'm like warming up on the left. I'm like hitting a hundred cross court left, uh, left side dinks, feeling really good on the left. So we play the first point and he goes, Jill, you play right. I'm feeling like I can play the left. 
And I'm like, he's feeling I better. just warmed up on the left. So we win that one, I don't know, 15-5 against uh, Rachel James and Johnny Goldberg. So then we go in the main draw against Spencer and Susanna, Spencer uh, Smith and Susanna Barr. And like, it's not going well. He like can't move. I'm out of sorts. I Susanna don't know. Susanna burns behind him like I'm six hitting, times. I'm hitting like high cross-court dinks to Susanna. She's hitting winners down Jaume's line. And I'm like, Jaume, just protect your line. I'll protect middle. He goes, stop hitting your dinks so high and I won't have to worry about it. And so we're like brother, sister, laughing, fighting on the court, um, which I think is like really special. Like when you can fight with your partner and you have so much mutual respect for them and you are like brother, sister. And I think we both left that being like, yeah, I need a dink lower. And he's like, yeah, maybe I need to cover line a little bit better. So we pull that one out in three. And every match, he's getting a little bit warmer, a little bit warmer. And we go to play against Jay, uh, Jay Davili and Callie. And we also win that one in three. And I felt so bad for him because he's in so much pain. He's not being fiery or energetic. At one point, I'm like, I have three opponents on the court. Like, come on, Jaume, where's my Spaniard? But he was in so much pain. I and know. then we got to the... Um, Christian Alshon and Catherine match and we had a chance to win the second game because the wind was only because of the wind like it was so much easier to win on one side than the other but he was Jaume was toast by that point yeah he was and like so we lost and he, they played he great like the uh the person at the end of like an ultra marathon he's like <laughs> one more step progress is progress one more step he knew the Just theme of the day over. he knew the theme of the day in advance <laughs> progress totally and all the um, while he's like oh my god i gotta play on sunday in the finals of singles i could like literally barely return christian's serve he's hitting it so hard that freaking paddle tech paddle i do not think that's what paddle tech is selling at like dick sporting goods like that thing and, and, he, and, and, and he is so good I mean, we didn't talk about him as a player to watch because, I mean, he just won MVP in, pre yeah. in no, Premier. He's so players he's, to watch for players you might yeah. not be thinking about. But, I mean, I'm every time he steps on a court, he's he's better and better. He hit me harder than I have ever been hit in my life. I was so pissed because I turned my back mm -hmm. and I felt like he could have gone anywhere. And I turned my back and I said dead seriously in, like, a very calm voice. I go, are you serious? <laughs> Did you really just do that? We got to show you the photos of the welt, and it's, it's getting darker legendary. every single day on my on my <laughs> on like my behind. <laughs> Did you get cupped on your leg? No, and he I was, got Christian. He was super sweet. He felt bad. He actually like missed his next three shots. I think because yeah, he, he felt he felt bad. But um, Catherine Parento, just such a fantastic player, and they're they were a great team. I think they made it to the semifinals. Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, so I hope they I hope they play again. They were just a lovely, lovely team. Um, and then I learned, so I learned more in that tournament, Phoenix Desert Ridge, than I've ever learned in my life. Like in rec play, in months of working on stuff. Um, Christian's serve was so big. I finally, after that, felt like I had figured out how to return the ball more effectively. So went into women's doubles, returning the best I've ever returned, the deepest I've ever returned, because I had to struggle against his serve so badly. Um, in women's doubles, I totally learned like the recipe physically for success, which is a ketone IQ, half a rainstorm, and then a ketone IQ three hours later. And I was like locked in in women's doubles. We took Callie yeah. and Lucy to three games. It was eight all in the third. We were right freaking there. And this is with Christine Maddox, who just 
started playing and yeah. two weeks ago started resetting balls from the midcourt and is still mastering third shot drops. Like she is 30% her total potential in terms of how good she will be. Yeah, I agree. She's like 20% better every time we see her. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the balance though between the ketone, the rain, and okay. what you eat? Because there's this blend of you're starving, you're alert, you're like, where's my next meal and hunt, 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 hunt that ball versus I'm calorie depleted and my muscles are not functioning. I think, I think what I love about this like caffeine plus the ketone is you, the way you want to feel on a pickleball court to me is slow mind, like slow brain where everything's moving in slow motion, the ball's moving in slow motion, but fast body. Like mm -hmm. fast reactions, fast feet, fast hands. So I think the caffeine wakes your body up and the ketone slows your brain down, slows your mind down, and calms your nervous system down. I think what you're actually saying is the opposite, that it speeds your mind up, that everything else feels relatively slower coming at you. Yeah, but, you're, but your heart rate, like, I, yes, I agree with you, but all I can tell you is my brain feels slow, my heart rate feels calm. slow, calm. Maybe I shouldn't use the word slow, calm. Everything's very calm. Yeah, everything that comes at you, you're like, I can do that. Yeah, like Callie and Lucy are like, supposed to be this really hard hitting team. Nothing felt fast to me. Yeah. So I think Christine and I are gonna be so dangerous together because like, you're gonna have a lot of trouble getting through us. Like you're gonna have to dink us to death. And she's going to be really good at dinking. She already is, but she's even going to be better in two months. Yeah. But you're not going to get through us. You just aren't. I know. I know. Between and you're not going to be able to lob us. Fan, let alone yeah. your defensive skills. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you better hope you're going to hit really low dinks to us because the first high one, we're going to attack. And you're going to just strike fear in a lot, of, a lot of the competition. So I'm excited to see the evolution. I, um, I really like this idea of you on the left creating and opportunities her for her sliding in and almost hitting tomahawks from the right yeah uh she got called on her grip or her i'm sorry her on serve. her serve like in our third point against lucy and callie she has this ultra western uh grip where right it's like almost like jack sock but but crazier and we'll show an image of it and the ref calls her and she tried to tell him like hey no it's it just it's it looks like my wrist is up it's not yeah. And so we slowed it down. We have an image of it. And I think the ref was wrong. It's my, can I explain my grip? You do that. You have to have your top below your wrist like that. Yes. Right here. Second serve. And that ended up affecting Christine really badly, like, like really rattled her the rest of the match because she was so worried about her form on her serve. And we usually win like four free points a game on her serve. And so instead I was like, well, hey, we're not winning points on her serve and we're losing them because she's missing her serve. I'm going to serve bigger. Why and that not? was a good lesson yeah. for me. And in the final point of our uh, Callie and Jay DeVillier mixed match, Jaume looks at me and we should play this point and goes, should I crank my serve? And it's like 10-9 in the third and he's on a two. We're on a second serve. And he goes, should I crank my serve? I go, hit it as freaking hard as you can. And he steps back three feet cranks a serve, gets a super short ball from Callie, and hits an inside-out slow winner. I loved that so much. So, that so, might so, be like, my favorite moment of the weekend. It really was. 
<laughs> and I was standing right behind the windscreen on the baseline. So I heard the whole thing. I was like, yes, crank it. <laughs> Which was another good lesson. Like I said, I learned more and from this tournament than I've ever learned. Crank your serve. An evolution from the, uh, the dream breaker that uh, we had in Dallas right where you're, you you turned to Jaume and you were like where should I hit this and he was like I don't know just hit it in yeah and now fast forward and it's like yeah crank the serve on crank game point it. crank it and you have to always ask yourself what kind of a shot do I want to hit if I'm gonna miss you know no you don't want to go out timid timid is never the answer I couldn't agree more In any sport any sport so uh, there was one other thing you didn't mention, and that is how many balls did you have to switch out? Like, do you think that this ball is a keeper? Like we said, like T Tyson's complaining about the ball, the, the, the out of roundness is kind of, uh, the more significant thing, which is, well, to remember when we talked about the masters and I said, God, there were all these really weird bounces. And I was yeah. attributing that to the court, the courts at the mm. masters. It was, I think it was the ball. It was the ball. And, um, <clears throat> you know, Cal, uh, Lucy in our match, ref probably threw her like two or three brand new balls and she threw them in the air and was like, no, no. And yeah. I don't think she's wrong. So yeah, they I actually ran out of balls. A different ref had to come bring you guys another ball. They're wobbly. And I, I don't think they're going to get rid of the contract, but I think Vulcan maybe needs to go back to their R&D and um, maybe stamp Vulcan on a different ball. Well, it's funny, right? When like Selkirk has the S1 and it's like one year crack free or crack proof warranty. And in my head, I read that and I think, I think you want a ball to crack in a year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you want a ball to last a year. No, totally. Because <laughs> well, the mean, pressure has to go somewhere. Where is it going to go? It's going to yeah. wobble. It's going to get, right? Yeah. And maybe this is the, the wrong analogy, but the better the ball in golf, generally the less durable. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they've definitely improved the durability factor compared to the days of wound balls and you'd have like a full smiley face on your ball, but definitely makes you wonder if, uh, if it's not cracking, that's what's like the pressure is creating flat spots. But then again, these are new balls coming out with flat spots. So I don't know, maybe they're just, um, you know, uh, heavy spots, but we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, lots of, uh, lots of fun. Interesting venue. I think it's like, it's a nice venue. It's like an upscale place, but it is so hard to get around. You're really in alleyways there. I, I, I think it's still so wild that I, I guess we don't have gambling going on right now, but if, and when we do, like I'm on these courts and I can't ATP because the fence is right there. Like, like I'm talking literally like two and a half feet. Not like, yeah. not like I'm complaining like, oh, it's a little tight. Like, no, no, no. It's, it's impossible. So I, I kind of wonder when we're all going to grow up enough to have pro courts. You know, I, I think that having these amateur tournaments concurrent to the pros is, is such a bad look for the sport. Um, I think it's cool to have amateurs interacting with pros, but can, it, can we have the amateur event three days before the pro event and create, you yeah, know what I mean? A win-win. Like, yeah, it's, it's just not a great experience for... Is there, is there a Everyone. way for pros to end up on courts that allow them to have enough space to return the ball, to allow them to be able to ATP effectively? I think we need that if we want to professionalize the sport, if we want to have gambling in the sport, um, and then to have courts with impossible viewership 
does no one good. Yeah. Well, I feel what's like the, what's I, the point of having like the pros and the amateurs together if you can only see grandstand and center court? Yeah. Well, I feel like at Darling, for example, those upper back courts have great pass through on all four sides. So mm-hmm. you have a four pack of courts and there's a place to stand around at least one side of each of the four and then another four with the same thing. They could kind of artificially create that by just opening the mm-hmm. alleyways to yeah. those courts like all of your matches were played in the same yeah. section Bank. of eight courts and then there were two that had grandstand um viewing um or i guess four that had grandstand viewing and then another four that were just like in the hinterlands so. i feel bad for all the ppa the, sign players that have to play me and jamie because you're just guaranteed the worst <laughs> court <laughs> You even know your court assignment beforehand. Which yeah, I'm one's just walking. the corner and the worst no viewer ability <laughs> whatsoever. That's that's the Jaume Jill court. Oh man, but yeah, again, big props to Jaume in what some people are calling the most exciting singles mm-hmm. match of all time. Huge props. Um, even though he did come out on top, uh, I think in the interview, Federico was like, at some point, I think you know the crowd wanted him to win, and even I kind of wanted him to win. <laughs> Um, so next up we have Mesa and I'll be really curious you know Jaume and I now had a great start to our year with the Masters uh, obviously a great last tournament in Phoenix Um, uh, we've beaten Colin and Colin Johns and Brooke Buckner Susanna Barnes-Spencer Callie and Jay and are we going to be put into qualifying again next week I texted Bryce Morgan chief operating officer of the PPA and I said Bryce Please, in as simple terms as possible, explain to me why are Jaume and I continuously in qualifying? I have points from last year. I played PPA all last year. Um, and we've obviously had a great start to the year, finishing tied What's ninth, but uh, T7, uh, tied for uh, se- ninth, yeah. Ninth, but at the Masters. Oh, this week, yeah. I think tied for 17th or Tied whatever. for 17th at the Masters, tied for ninth. Like, what walk me through this? And he was just like, oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I also think maybe your point should suffice from last year. Let's, we haven't done the draws yet for next week. Let's see how it goes. Cause I'm just scratching my head. I mean, is it, is it literally the only reason that we haven't taken a reduction? Well, in the in world our MLP of what contracts? they do publish, this is the question. So they start with top 10 ranking. So okay. unless your points get you all the way past number 11, then you're like, okay, so you're not in that court. Okay. Category. So I'm not in that. Then PPA touring players. Okay, I'm not so a anyone PPA who's touring officially player. a PPA touring player, like um, if Allie Phillips played with Caitlin Christian. But there are a bunch of others. Then like, who, wait, but PPA there are a touring bunch of- players playing with non-PPA touring players. Then committee seeds, which are just the 13 and 14, and then the rest of the points. But that means that there are enough PPA signed players playing with each other. It's almost better if they play with each other because if they don't play with each other, then that's a whole nother category of people that may but, have fewer but points MLP than you. But MLP players who have agreed to take a reduction are not PPA touring players. Just because they've mm-hmm. signed a new co-contract, that merger hasn't happened. You can't so treat them like, like PPA touring players. But then you get into Anna and James are top 10. Yeah, they're top 10. So they fall into this first category, mm-hmm. top 10 ranking. But like Tyra Black and Augie Gee, Augie Guh, Guh. were in the main draw. Okay, Tyra's not a PPA touring player. She's an MLP player. So, I don't know. I mean, we obviously could go through... Maybe I'll post the the bracket and, like, circle all the teams that are seemingly in the main draw without having 
more points oh, than you. Yeah, want to be treated fairly. A PPA signed player. Because, yeah, there's still a lot of um, people in there where um, it's one. It's a one and one. So, you know, I guess that uh, hopefully after these last uh, two events, you'll have enough points to squeak on in there. <laughs> Time will tell. So next up, Mesa, if you are there, will you please come up and say hi? Come say hi to us. We love meeting listeners of the pod. I love taking photos. Um, Ron and Wendy, thank you so much for the keychain that says Toby with a cat paw. So sweet. Thank you so much for cheering during our Spencer and Susanna match. And I hope to see you guys in Mesa. So yeah, come out and say hi to us. We love that. Um, I'm playing with Jaume again and Christine. So first time in my life, I'll have three straight tournaments with the three three same partners. And I gotta say, it's really nice. <laughs> nice. And I get to reuse my Team Malibu shirt. <laughs> Jaume will be fully recovered, so I'm sure we'll do awful. <laughs> so yeah, that's Mesa next week. Did you want to talk about Callie switching paddles? Uh, God, I think that story is so funny. I don't think anyone would mind. She must be a free agent right now. Yeah. She's yeah. obviously dropped Onyx and is shopping for paddles. Yeah. So when we played Callie and Jay and Mixed, uh, Callie was playing a Yola and I was winning like, I don't know, eight out of 10 cross court forehand dink battles with her. And so she'd probably, she'd usually miss him in the net and then like look down at her paddle. And I was like, And in oh, fairness, man. you have gotten a lot better. A lot better on the right. So I it's am hard a to right blame side paddle, queen. But... Let's be realistic. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah. So she was like looking down at her paddle and I was like, oh man, yeah, she's playing a Yola. Um, interesting. And then the next day she's playing a Selkirk, the pink and blue one. Yeah. And I'm I like, on court which, is like, which like, are like hmm. totally different paddles. I could not imagine going in a tournament from a Yola to the Selkirk power air, like very different paddles. Yeah. What, what is the difference? Maybe I don't know. It's one more of a spin paddle. And one's more of a power paddle, or well, they're you know just that very Selkirk different. Is, feel is, because is, the edge, is edgeless. You've got the open neck. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have it, like, like the carbon fiber right? grit. It, it's just yeah. two polar opposite paddles. So interesting. Um, but she must have been so traumatized in her mixed loss. No, <laughs> she actually said she that was, to you. I mean, I don't know if she was joking. Couldn't believe she was losing cross court tink battles with me, so she had to totally change a paddle hey it worked they made it all the way to the semis so you guys were like one of their toughest matches eight all in the third we were right there um so yeah we hope to see y'all in mesa all right we have a fascinating by the numbers for you by the numbers by the numbers so we crunched and by we i mean k-dubs the average age of the top pro players top 30 Men and By women. duper, top 30 men and women. K-dubs, I haven't seen these results. I am titillated. Okay, first of all, I want you to guess who's older, the men or the women? Ooh, I... The men. The women. Shoot! Yeah, we got the Anna Lee and the Georgia... But those are offset in the men's side by Hayden and Gabe. And I think CJ's in there now, too. But it's very close. The overall average age is... Can I guess? Can I guess? For women? Total. Just for for either. 
They're almost okay. identical. The 30, difference 31, between men and women I'm is guess. 0.23. Okay, I'm going to guess 31 is the average age. The average is 29.18 wow. years old. Now, keep in mind, these are pickleball years. So if your birthday is going to happen, it already happened. So, you know, they might skew slightly older, but definitely not young. Do you, Who are the oldest so, in the top 30 in the men and the women? Like, give me the top five oldest, but don't do it if I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not Tyson. <laughs> he is only 34, but it is Matt Wright. And How old's Matt? I, think, uh, I don't think Deacon's in the top 30. Mm. Um, Matt Wright is 46. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then the uh, there are two 44-year-olds on the women's side. Can you guess who that might be? Simone. Irina. Is Irina that old? It is Ava, Eva, Neva, Eva, Radzikowska, and... Simone. Simone, yeah. So Matt Wright on the men's. Who's the second oldest on the men's? Second oldest male is going to be, I think, Eric. Nice, nice. 42. Got it. He's okay. rolling in at 26th right now. That's so cool by the numbers. Yeah. Oh, but he, he was edged out slightly by John Sincola, who I actually didn't know. I thought John Sincola was like 25. John, yeah. you look great. Keep it up, buddy. <laughs> um, so, That's yeah. cool. I know. I, I, I love that pickleball. I, I wonder if that will maintain where every year just get progressively a little younger, younger, yeah. younger. Yeah, you got it. I, I appreciate that pickleball is, you know, as Zane always says, and many people always say, you know, chess on concrete. It's a little bit more mental, a little less physical than tennis. What's less also, court coverage, I should yeah. say. Less court coverage. What's also cool, and I think there was an era like this in the, the senior tour for golf, where all of a sudden it was like Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer were on the senior tour, and it was like the golden era of the senior tour. I think you're going to get that cool effect on the senior side of pickle because every year some big names from the like original pickleball era will pop into the 50 yeah. plus yeah. and you'll just get like a slow dose of uh 50 year olds that'll make the senior tour kind of continuously compelling nice if the game starts to pass me by i can play 35 plus soon <laughs> 5035 plus watch out with you oh, no. get on that sideline put your paddle people, up the best thing about us is we will never play a tournament together that's what you think <laughs> so all right we've funny. got a really great dear jilly b today dear jilly b what was the best advice you've ever received from another coach or pro that's a really good question um i would say most of my advice is from other coaches <laughs> Or pros, uh, to be candid. Um, life is a learning journey. And I am so grateful to have had some amazing partners like Sarah Ansbury, who has taught me a ton uh, about myself and about the game. And the best advice she ever gave me is 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 this notion of zero, zero. And I think it's the best advice I've ever received to this day. Um, play every single point like it's zero, zero. And I used to do this in tennis and somehow it escaped me in pickleball until Sarah reminded me of it because she was saying, hey, when it's, you know, 10-8 or 10-9, you start to play differently. And it wasn't that I was getting tight or nervous. It was that I was trying to play outside of myself. I was trying to do something spectacular. But you've got to remember that what got you here will get you there. Yeah. And so just telling yourself that the point is 0-0 zero, zero 
is the single lowest lift, highest impact piece of advice I've ever received. Some pieces of advice are super high lift, high impact. Uh, learning a one-handed backhand flick, changing your grip to have quicker hands and more consistency. Those are high impact, but really high lift pieces of advice. This is a simple, met this simple mental trick of zero, zero. It really takes the cake. So big thanks to Sarah Ansbury for that advice. Yeah, super, super solid. You know, golf, they always talk about one shot at a time, staying in the present or like breaking things down into just like dosages you can handle in the moment. And I think that encompasses all of that. Yeah. You know, you don't need to be something other. You just need to be you. You're enough. Absolutely. Yeah. I always, I always say that like sometimes you end up in difficult shots or like I got to go under a tree and over a bunker. It's like, yeah. well, which shot can you hit? Because that's the only shot you need to hit right now. And sometimes that means hitting it straight sideways back into the fairway, but commit the heck out of the shot you're hitting. You know, I think sometimes people get on the court and pickleball and they think, oh my God, this person's hitting it so hard. I have to try and hit it hard. And it's like, no, just make them run, make them play your game. Yeah, totally. So do you want to talk about how to get over tournament nerves? Absolutely. So another Dear Jilly B was, Dear Jilly B, how do I get over tournament nerves, I feel like I'm never going to get there. Every tournament I play, I feel so nervous. This is a really great question. Um, and the simple truth is you will always Don't have... Don't play tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, thank you for that wisdom bomb you just dropped on us. I do what I can. You know, take two weeks off and quit. <laughs> My favorite shot in pickleball is the leave. I got all of them. Um, so the truth of the matter is embrace the tournament nerves. That's why we play tournaments. So this notion of get over it and I want my tournament nerves gone. No, that's, that's never going to happen, but you learn to live with your tournament nerves. They become learn a friend to that you enjoy spending time with. Totally. Um, and you get more and more accustomed to those nerves by doing one thing and one thing only. And that's playing tournaments. I, I t I'm telling you guys, I'm a pro and at Phoenix Desert Ridge, I improved more and learned more about myself and my game in one tournament than I ever would have in a month of daily rec play. So you have these learning opportunities that present themselves in tournaments that are is almost impossible to replicate in your rec play life. Um, but if you don't have an opportunity to play a tournament, um, play in a league, local league, um, Put a little money on the line in your next rec play game. Say, hey, the, the last game, let's play for who buys lunch tomorrow. Yeah. Or, play, a, play a posted round in Duper. Yeah, exactly. Post the scores to Duper. So the more you can emulate nerves in your daily life, the less the nerves will impact you. They're not going to go away, right? We're not trying to remove the nerves. Mm -hmm. We're trying to emulate them and become friends with them so the next time you feel it, it's not shocking. It's not jumping into a cold plunge. It's, oh. I felt a little bit like this last week in that duper match I played. Yeah. Or, you know, drink ketone. But I have one more stupid KW advice. And I do think this is actually not stupid because I have a secret power in pickleball. What's the secret power? That, that I'm your coach? Nothing could be worse than a golf tournament. True. So no matter how nervous I feel in pickleball, True. nothing could ever compare to a three foot putt that matters on a golf course in a tournament. And True. so if you feel like you're always overwhelmed by the nerves you feel in pickleball, go play a golf tournament and then you'll have something really to compare it to. And I, I have this theory that sort of the nervous system has on or off. There is no sliding scale. You're either mm -hmm. nervous 
or you're calm. And sometimes certain tournaments, certain moments of tournaments, you'll feel one and then it'll go away. And sometimes it lasts longer. And all you can do is embrace the fact that your physiology, when you're under stress, can help you. Stress is not always a bad thing. And a friend of mine actually who has multiple degrees from Stanford and Yale and Harvard, if you can believe it, sorry, Harvard and Yale, her brother went to Stanford, did this really cool TED talk on stressors and how to embrace it. And basically uh, they found that there are certain stressors that are chemical to your brain or that are, that are detrimental to your brain and other stressors that are enhancing of your game. And so I think if you can just combine the Joe Dispenza, your thoughts can yeah. change you. If you take those nerves and you go, oh, awesome. Yeah. Nerves mean I care and my body has switched on and I'm on the hunt now. I'm going to play great. It doesn't matter if you feel a little shaky. The shakes are just alertness. Use it. Yeah, use it. My mom used to say, take your nerves, turn it into footwork. Love that. Yeah. yeah. And so much of pickleball is like fast feet, calm hitting. Yep. 100%. So hope that helps you guys. Our, uh, our last Dear Jilly B is Dear Jilly B. You obviously have a signature paddle. It's that beauty right there. But you don't talk a lot about it. What is so great about the signature paddle? So this is a really good question. Yeah, I don't, I don't talk a lot about my signature paddle. It's a 13 millimeter. Love the thin frame. Um, super gritty carbon fiber thermoform paddle. So what makes it so unique, so special is you've got a little bit of a longer handle. So every, every pro that touches my paddle is like, dude, my hands feel so comfortable. This is like the perfect grip length. So whether you're one-handed or two-handed, I think the, the grip is awesome on it. And it's that ultimate blend of the thermoformed power, but a ton of control with the maximum spin allowed on a paddle. And I think what I see the most in players who play it is they get their dinks down. They're dinking yeah. better. So a lot of players are like, oh, I want a power paddle. And they're just hitting like pop-ups, pop-ups over and over and over to their competition. So this paddle is going to give you all the power you need, but it's going to allow you to dink like a pro. Like you feel like you're in total control right. at the line. Puppet master. Puppet master. Yeah. So to me, I would say, yeah, the the grip the power, but the control with the dinking is what sets it sets it apart. So if you are looking for a new paddle, you can go to grooven.co, G-R-U-V-N.co. You can use code JillyB for a discount. And yeah, check out the, the Jilly B Signature 13X move-in paddle. Yeah, the pink one comes with the Jilly B Signature and those are in short supply. So get there fast. And there's a white one, no signature, uh, if you don't like pink. Yeah, and a purple too. Yeah, and a purple. Those are some good colors. I think it's, is it, is it white or is it just pink? Oh yeah, your sister had the, the signature with a white edge guard. And right. And then there's the purple one without the signature. Right. Yeah. So it's an amazing paddle. I was, uh, it was in kind of short supply when we first designed it. And so I was not hitting it. And now we've got enough that I was hitting it the other day for the first time, really. Uh, and I was like, wow, I think this might be my paddle. That was probably one of the funnier moments was when you were like, hey, I really like your signature paddle. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> of course you do. It's a great paddle. I wouldn't play it if it weren't. Um, and then for those of you that don't know, I spent like four months testing literally 100 paddles, trying to find my favorite paddle. And that's how I found Groovin. Um, tried everything. Selkirk, Yola, Carbon. They're all awesome paddles, but there was nothing I liked more than the Groovin. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's an amazing era, like you said in the 
earlier business section uh, that we're seeing so many paddles come out every year, every month, practically. So it'll be really interesting to see which paddle companies really last yeah. and which have the and stamina to stick around. The last yeah. thing I think is so cool about the Groovin is that what's a 169 price point with my code. You know, you've got these these Yola paddles, these carbon paddles, these Selkirk paddles. At this, like, 161, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. At the, you've got this like 220 to 250 price point for a lot of other thermoform paddles. So I think it's the most affordable thermoform paddle on the market. And it's so funny because when I meet people who play Groovin, they go, I've never returned a Groovin. Like I've been playing my yeah. Groovin for over a year. Totally. And then you've got a lot of people playing other paddles that are like, yeah, it's a delaminated. I'm returning it. I'm, you know, they say this happens all the time. I'm working with their customer service department. That never happens to Groovin. Touche. Like one time. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I think that's it for uh, pod 34. (laughs) And we'll uh, see you next time. Don't forget. Pickleball is joy. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. We out. This Pickleball Life is a Tomahawk production. 100% organic, self-made, and homegrown. Music by K-Dubs. Editing by K-Dubs and Jilly B. Check out pbgods.com and use code PBLIFERS for 10% off your next order. Do you have a question for Jilly B? Email us at thispblife at gmail.com to be included in future episodes. Don't forget to click subscribe. This Pickleball Life.